Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Legacy. Legacy. I want to talk to you today about a topic I feel, feel like is very important, uh, but before I do, I want to share kind of the text of where we get uh, for the scripture of the whole series in James chapter 4 and verse 13. It says, now listen, who say uh, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on with business and make money. Why do you not even, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are mist that p- appears for a little while and then vanishes. You're a mist. Your life is like a, is like a mist. Another translation to this scripture says, your life is like a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone. And so we, as we're here in this short time purpose of a life, how are we really leaving the legacy? A legacy is not just when we die. A legacy is in every season that we walk out of, that we've left a mark for Jesus Christ. And I, I said last week, and for those that were here, I said, listen, what is your legacy? Your legacy is when you leave the season that you're in, whatever those people around you will say, that's the legacy you have left. If you left your job today, what would they say about you? If you left your school today, what was, is it that they would say? Have you made and have you worked on living a life of purpose, making an eternal impact? Why? Because we're here for such a short period of time, but yet in the seasons of where we are, we're there even, more, even shorter of times. And so God wants us to know. He wants us to live a life of purpose. Why? Because our life is but a mist. I want to talk to you today about a cool topic that I believe is very important, and that is this. I want to talk to you about passing the baton, leaving, living a life of legacy. You can't live a life of legacy without passing the baton. Now, I got a baton here. For those that don't know what a baton is, in a race, there are relay races, and most of you probably know, if not all, and what you do is someone's running as fast as they possibly can, and they get to the moment in, this, in the race where they hand the baton to the other person. Then the other person grabs the same baton and continues to run. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. If the, the person does not pass the baton, they are disqualified from the race. There's a short window, actually. There's a short window in a relay race that you have the opportunity to pass the baton. In 2016, the Rio Olympics, the women's, the women's American team were expected to just dominate. They were expected to win by far, to win gold with no, even, no, no problems. They went into their qualifying round, and in the middle of the race, the girl goes to give the other girl the, the baton, and the baton was dropped. They were expected to win it all, but they dropped the baton and end up being disqualified. Now, through other things, many of you probably know this, you probably remember the 2016 Olympics, because of a certain situation that happened, they actually got to redo their qualifying round and end up qualifying because they held on to the baton and ended up winning the Olympics and winning gold medal. But here's what happened. Because they dropped the baton, they almost were disqualified. If it wouldn't have been for another situation, they would have been disqualified. I think it's the same thing with our legacies. Legacy means nothing if we don't have someone grabbing the baton as we move on. Here's the thing about passing the baton. A lot of us think of, oh, well, this is grandpa. This is grandma. When they're on their deathbeds in the hospital, they're going to pass their legacy to me. Yes, that is true. But it's also true that in every season we are in, we're passing the baton. 
In fact, I believe this. In every season we are in, we are of one or two people as far as in the life of, le- in, the, in, the, in, the, in the circumstance of legacy. It's this. I'm either handing the baton or I'm grabbing the baton. In every season. So if you're a senior in the room, you got a lot of life to live. But yet you are moving on to a new season. So your season of influence is coming to an end. Who are you passing that baton to? In your job, in your workplace, God has may, have, may have given you influence. He may have given you promotion. That's great. Now, as I continue to work, who am I teaching and developing to be able to do the same things I'm doing? God desires for us to be a people that are always in the process of either passing the baton or grabbing onto the baton. Because I believe this. There are seasons that and things for people that are older, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm passing on the baton. But that doesn't mean there's not other things you can grab onto now, and you can say, I'm taking further with the kingdom of God. Passing the baton. It's so vital, and I, I love the scripture of Paul and Timothy. Paul writes two books of the Bible to Timothy, and this is really where Paul is passing the baton to Timothy. He's teaching him. And I know y'all love my New Orleans accent, the baton, you know what I'm saying? It's a baton, okay, baton. <laughs> but Paul is passing the baton to Timothy. And I love it in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in, Je- in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach these things. Check this out. You've heard me. You've watched me. You've seen me. You've heard me do these things. And, it, and then it teaches these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to others, other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Timothy, you've seen me. You've watched me. You've heard me. Now what I'm doing is I'm going to give you the baton. But I, as you take the baton, now I want you, I want you to go and I want you to teach these truths to other trustworthy people to pass them on to those around you. See, this is what legacy is. Legacy is not I do, I do, I do, and then I hope it lasts. No, for a legacy to truly last in our lives, we have to be looking for people to pass the baton to. I love this in the scripture with Paul because, and it really, this is my first thought here. Paul, he was so intentional with Timothy. How do we really pass the baton as believers? How do we really pass the baton in our workplace, in our families, in our jobs, in our homes? How do we do that? The first thing we have to do, we have to realign our investments. We have to realign our investment. Here's what I know. As a culture, as a society, we have so many people complaining right now about where our society is. We have so many people complaining about where our culture is going or is. Well, here's what I know. If we want a different outcome, if we want to change the outcome, we have to change the investment. You can't expect to give the same investment you've been giving and and get a different outcome. What we have to do is we have to say, okay, if I want to see an outcome different in my job, in my workplace, in my home, okay, then it starts with me. That means I need to change my investment in what I'm bringing and what I'm putting in people around me. Here's what I love about Paul. It says in the very first scripture, it says, Timothy, 
my dear son. Now, many of you know this. Timothy was not actually Paul's son. Timothy was not related to Paul. Timothy had had no relation at all with Paul, except that Paul had walked with him, mentored him, led him, discipled him, and now he's calling him his true son, his his dear son. And in, uh, in 1 Timothy, he actually says, my true son. What does this show us? It shows us if we're really going to change the investment. It's like a race, okay? We're thinking about a relay race. I'm running my race. I have to first identify who am I passing this to. If I was running a race and I just handed it to a different teammate, a di- I mean a different team, okay, run the race. Well, now what's happened is that the whole, the whole race has got, been shot because I've not identified who it is I'm supposed to be giving it to. Paul knew, I want to give my investment to Timothy. He is my dear son for all of us in this room. Here's the question I would ask you. Have you identified who you are investing your life into? And many of us in this room have children. It starts with our children. For parents in the room, the greatest investment you can give is is continuing to invest in your children. Showing them godly ways and teaching them godly ways. Continuing to to show them what worship looks like and and show them what what it looks like to love your wife and show them what it looks like to to have a happy home. It starts with our home. But here's what I know. It can't stop there. Why do I know it can't stop there? Because there are so many broken homes. And so if homes are broken, that means not all of them and not everybody in this country, in this world, are getting the investment that your children may be getting. And so that means God wants us, yes, to invest in our children, but also who in my world is God wanting me to invest my life in? Who does he want me to walk with? Who does he want me to mentor? Who does he want me to teach? See, there's two different types of people. There's the, there's the, there's the passer and there's the grabber. Come on, somebody. And so young people, you're in a season of life or you're the grabber. Who in your life has you identified that you're saying, I'm learning from this person. They're teaching me. I'm honoring them. I'm respecting them. I'm listening to them. Their words are not just advice. I'm taking them. I'm running with them. Why? Because I know they've gone before me. See, here's the issue with passing the baton on both sides. See, the, uh, the older generation, what we do is we get tired. Come on, somebody. And so we got so much going on in our lives that we don't want to spend the time to invest in somebody. And then the younger generation, here's what happens with the younger generation. We got so much going on. We think we got it. We can handle it on our own. We don't need the older generation. So we got a bunch of wisdom over here, but we old and tired. Come on, somebody. And then we got a bunch of zeal over here, but we foolish because we got no wisdom. Not that you're foolish, young people. I'm not calling you that. I would never do that. And so this is why passing the baton is so important. This is why legacy is so important. It's yes, I'm investing in my home. Yes, of course I am. But then who in my life am I saying, I want to give my life. I want to spend time, resources, my giftings. I want to share with them. Why? Because I want them to have the same outcome that my child does. And here's what happens. A generation later will be changed if we are willing now to invest and those around us. We as a church, many of you know this, all of you know this, this is your first time. We believe in being a multi-generational church. When we moved here, Ashley and I, we prayed. This, is, this was our prayer. That we want to have a 70-year-old worshiping next to a 17-year-old. And they're both good. Not good like, oh yeah, she's here. Oh yeah, he's here. Oh, there's the old guy. Great. 
No, but like the 17 year old was like, man, I, I, this is so awesome. Somebody in there that's 70 years old, they're worshiping Jesus with all their heart. They're passionate for God. They love people and they, they're motivated by watching a 70 year old worship. But then the 70 year old is, gets excited because they say, oh my goodness, the 17 year old, we see that the generation we see on the news is saying they're going crazy, but no, we see a generation rising up that loves Jesus, that lives pure, that desires to follow Christ. And so now together, a multi-generation, we're able to worship God and be able to move the way God wants us to move and be able to make an impact the way God wants us to make an impact. Why? Because both sides, both generations are excited that the other is there helping and walking and moving along with each other. You may come here and you may say, oh my gosh, it's a college church. No, we're not. We're not a college church, but we do believe in college students. They are not next. They are now. Oh, I'm gonna preach to you for a second. See, oftentimes we call and we get caught up in the thought process of, we get caught up in the thought process of the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. No, the passing of the baton has to happen long before they become the generation. I would say in our lifetime, for those of us that are older, I would say in our lifetime, the most important part of our life is the moment that we're running with the next generation to pass on the baton. See, in a, in a race, many of you know this, in a relay race, what's happening is we're running and there's a time in the relay race where you both start to run together. First, it's the person's running. <laughs> That's my running voice, okay? We're both running. The person in front that's waiting for the baton is watching. But then there gets to a point where both are running. In the process of both running, that's where the baton gets passed. See, here's what happens. Oftentimes, as generations, what we do is it's either one or the other. Either I'm running or you're running. No, we are running together. Why? Because we know God wants to use both of us to make an impact for the kingdom of God. But it can't happen the way God wants it to, without the thought process of, okay, who am I leading? Who am I investing in? Y'all know as a church, we, we invest in the younger generation. We do. We, we invest in the next generation. Y'all see them up here in, 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 in services, and, and we all see them up here in worship, and y'all see them up here teaching. Why? It's not because we don't have other people that can do it. No, it's that I know that one day I'm going to be old and not cool. I'm still cool, young people. Thank you. But what is it? It's that I know that God is wanting us, and I believe it's a call, part of the call on our church, is that we are to develop the next generation, the now generation. But here's what it is. It can't just be the pastor. The, the city is not going to be changed. FSU and FAMU and TCC is not going to be changed if it's just the pastor. No, it's a group of individuals that say, okay, we know we're looking ahead. We're looking at 2065. We're not looking at 2022. We're looking at 2065. Okay, we want a revival in 2065. So what do we need to do now? We need to invest in those around us that are younger than us. Who in your job, in your workplace, can you just start to say, hey, let's go to lunch once a month? Who, who can you invest in? Who may, not, maybe not even spiritually, maybe just teaching them how the skills that you have. You hear somebody's excited about what you do. Who, who can you invest in? Because here's what I know, the older generation, we can get so caught up in what we have that in what we're doing that then we have no time to invest. And that is not the heart of God. God is always wanting us to be looking at, identifying who are we passing the baton to. Does that make sense? So important.
I love, I love, I love, I love, I love Paul because he knew this and he identified him. And he says this in verse two, it says this, it says, uh, you have heard the teachings that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. He says, I want, you've watched me, you've heard me, you've listened. And so now I want you to go and do the same. Here's how, how do we really invest? How do we really change the outcome? How do we really spend uh, our time investing others? Here's the question I would ask you. I would, not even question, really, that's what I would say. Our investment is based on what we are modeling for them. How we live is how they will live. We reproduce who we are. We reproduce who we are. Okay, so that means this. If we want to see our generation coming up behind us, if we want to see them differently, then we have to start modeling a different life. If we want to see marriages in the church, do y'all know the divorce statistic is the same as it is in, in church as it, for all Christians as it is for the world? If we want to see that statistic change, then we as believers have to say, I want to model a godly marriage. I want to show them that, yes, there's tough times, but through tough times, we still love one another. I'm not making fun of those that are divorced. Divorce happens. There's all situations. But here's what I do know. I do know if we want to see a different outcome, our investment has to change. How do we do that? It's we have to evaluate ourselves, older generation. We have to say, what am I truly modeling for those around me? What am I modeling? Am I modeling a lifestyle of prayer in my home? Your kids will pray the way you pray. Your kids will worship and be passionate about Jesus as much as you are. Are we, are we passionate about football more than we are Jesus? Is this too serious? This is kind of serious. Because <laughs> here's what I know. Here's what I know. Hear me. Here's what I know. The next generation coming up around us is, is not looking for, I do what you say and not what you do. I know we can easily do it. No, 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 no. I know you saw me do that, but <laughs> don't do that. Do this. No, they're going to model how we live our lives. Are you in living your life? Hear me, older generation, for all of us. Are we living in such a way that we're modeling a godly lifestyle for those behind us? That's, that's part of the running of the race. We identify who it is, but then we don't just identify who it is. Now I have to model how to run this race. I have to model how to read the scripture. I have to model how to, how to, how to worship. I have to model how to love my wife. I have to model how to, how to love people around me. I have to model how to serve. All the things we're doing, yes, we're doing for God, but we're also doing to model for the generation coming up behind us. Is this all right? It's, it's important. It's important. I'm telling you because, again, legacy is God is meant for all of us to leave a legacy. But if we're not modeling the legacy God is wanting us to leave, here's what happens. The, our children grow up or the next generation goes up, grows up and we're like, ah, why? Why would you do that? Well, it's because we, for so many years they modeled a, 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 an unhealthy relationship with your wife. And so now they're in an unhealthy relationship. What are we modeling? The question I would ask everyone in this room, what are you modeling? What does your life look like on a daily basis? Because again, the investment comes beyond just a once a week or once a month. As I walk with people, what am I modeling for them? Do they see Jesus through me? 
they see Jesus through you? Or is it do what I do, not what I do what I say, not what I do? And we are all visual learners. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, we're all visual learners. We are a generation because of TV, because of social media, because of all the different things. We pick up so quickly things that we see. I'll prove it to you. Everybody in the room, I want you to do this. Come on, come on, y'all can do it. Come on, come on. Everybody, this is, this is participation day. <laughs> hold it up as high as you possibly can. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold it up in the air. Now I want you to put it to your right. Now I want you to put it to your left. Now I want you to put it to your right. Now I want you to put it to your left. Now I want you to put it on your forehead. Now I want you to put it on your chin. Is that your chin? Is that your chin? Your chin's changed. Some of you, you're so proud of yourself because you got it right. Literally, the people that did this, I saw them, they were like. <laughs> Y'all made me laugh on that. That's really funny. Everybody else is like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh. No, that's not my chin. I guess not. No. Every dude in the room. <laughs> like, uh. I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. They don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Anyways, we're visual learners. We're visual learners. We quickly pick up, even though we hear it, we see something and we respond. It's the same thing with our lifestyle, the, your children and those that you may be, you may be leading and guiding. They, they're, we're, they're watching us. And so are we modeling in a way that honors them to the point of where they're able to honor God the way that we know God has called them to live and do? We have to realign our investment. There's two groups of people. There's the ones that are investing and they're identifying who they're passing the baton to. And then there's the grabbers. And these people, these ones on the, the grabber side are ones we have to realign our focus. We have to realign our focus. What, it's cool because the people, as they watch the person go around the track, they watch closely the whole time, waiting for their spot, their chance to run their, their race. See, oftentimes, and here's, two, let me say this too. Oftentimes, they have to even turn around. Not oftentimes, they do. They actually turn around and they don't even look. They get to a point, they watch, they watch, they watch. Then the person's getting close. They actually turn around, don't look. And they have to listen for the person behind them that's running to say go. When they say go, they take off as fast as they can and they put their hand behind them. Y'all know how they do it. And they grab the, the, the baton and they run. See, oftentimes what happens is younger generation, I'm gonna talk to you for a minute. I, we, we talk to the older generation enough. We need a break, you know what I'm saying? The younger generation, here's what it is. Now, here, if I'm passing the baton and leaving a legacy now, oftentimes what we do is we wanna get ahead and out on the race before it's our time to go. Well, I know more than they do. Well, I, I'm smarter than they are, or I, I know the Bible better than they do, or I, I got a better education than they do. Maybe, maybe your boss he doesn't have as good of an education. Oh, well, I went to school more than they did, and so I have the ability beyond what they do. That does not matter. God is not looking for ability. God is not looking for skill of hand. God's looking for posture of heart. Okay, and so here's what it is. This is posture of I'm gonna wait until God tells me to go. But here's what happens. God doesn't just tell me to go. He tells those that are investing me when to go. Okay, younger generation, because oftentimes it's what we do. Oh, what's my shot? Like God, God's got me a word. Like I, I'm ready to go. Like, oh, well, I'm so good. Oh, I'm ready to make all this money. Like I should be the CEO. I'd do this better than they do. No, you wouldn't. 
No, you wouldn't. Through the life of experience, they've allowed, God's allowed them to be in that position for a reason. Some of that is just to teach you. Is this all right? To change our focus. There's four things that these, the people can be, that can be looking at, these, these ones that are waiting. It's the first thing they can be looking at is the crowd. If they get caught up looking at the audience of those watching them, they become distracted. Oftentimes, young people, we get so caught up in the season of waiting that we get tired of waiting and so we become distracted. And through distraction, here's what happens. We end up missing what God has for us. Don't allow, hear me, don't allow the distractions of this world to keep you from waiting for what God has for you in your life. In 2 Timothy chapter, same chapter in chapter four, I think it is, 2 Timothy chapter four, uh, verse, uh, 2 Timothy chapter, where am I? 2 Timothy chapter two, I'm sorry, forgive me. 2 Timothy chapter two and verse 22. I skipped a bunch of verses, sorry back there. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Here's what's happening. He says, listen, I want you, he's telling Timothy, I want you to run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Anything that distracts you, run from it. I love this because he doesn't say run from anything that stimulates old people lust. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. He knows the temptation of the youthful lifestyle. And so here's what he's saying. I want you to run from those things. Why? Because they would distract you and keep you from really walking out and living the way God's wanting you to live. The crowd. The second one is those others that in the race that they can focus on are people that are running and they get the baton before them. They're waiting, they're waiting, and the person's coming around, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and all of a sudden, all the people get their baton, like, come on, dude, come on, dude, come on, dude, what are you doing? Come on, hurry up, hurry up, get over here, get over here, what are you doing? It's my turn. hurry And here's what I know, here's what I know. The race that God has set before us is not between anyone else other than us and God. Our timing never lines up, hardly ever lines up with God's timing. In fact, I believe this, and I've told you all this before, I believe God put, season of, put seasons of waiting in our lives for the sole fact that he wants us just to trust him where we are. And here's what happens. We can get caught up and say, okay, come on. It's my time. Come on. It's my, it's, I got this. I can do this. I want to run. Right, it's my turn to run. It's my turn. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And here's what happens. When you get caught up, hear me, when you get caught up in looking what everyone else is doing. Well, so-and-so got married before me. So-and-so's younger than me. They're 21 and they're engaged. And like, I don't even have a boyfriend. And like, I just want to date someone. I just want to, I just want to be loved. Like, please, like, where are, and somebody may get a job promotion that's younger than you. And you're like, what in the world? I been working hard. Where are, why is it not my time? It's not your time because God's not given you that time yet. In God's timing, God will give it to you. And not only will he give it to you, it will be better than you expect. Don't get caught up in what someone else is doing. I hear it all the time. Well, so-and-so graduated and so-and-so got this big job and like, I don't even know what I'm doing next year. Like, uh, what's going on? It's all good. You don't have to know what you're doing next year. God does. You just have to know the one that does know what you're doing next year. And that's God the Father who loves you, who cares for you, who has a plan for you. But don't get caught up in the moment of looking at someone else that you miss what God is trying to do in your life. Who cares if you don't know what's gonna happen next year? I don't know what's gonna happen next year, praise God. Anybody that's lived the last couple of years, none of us know what's gonna happen. 
But here's what we do know. We do know we serve a God who is greater than anything that happens. And we know he is the one that holds us. We don't hold ourselves. When we step outside of that, that's when we begin to hold ourselves. And that's when we begin to fall and we begin to fade and we begin to swerve and we begin to get off track on what God has for us. We can look at others and we can begin to compare. Well, so-and-so's got that job and so-and-so gets that trip and so-and-so has this. And, so, and here's what happens. It can cause us to start to try to move and do it ourselves. And when we move and do it ourselves, that's when we really step outside of the will of God and we cause that we end up having to backtrack in our lives. The third group that they focus on very quickly is I have to close, but they focused on the, the crowds. You can focus on the, on the others running. But then also you can focus on those that, actually, I'll say this, you can focus on yourself. The focus of self is when I start to think, okay, and again, I talked about it a second ago, but I start to think my ability is more important than the person that's running behind me. Do you know, true story, you can look it up, do you know that most of the time, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time in a relay race, the fastest runner runs last. The one with the best ability waits the longest. See, what we do is we think our ability should jump us in front of things. In fact, God is saying the exact opposite. Your ability should make you wait and be patient for what he has for you, the things to come. See, the fastest runner, and this is what happens. We can start to look at self, and here's what happens. When we start to look at self, we can become prideful. And we can think, well, we know more than the person running behind us, and we know more than they do, and we can, we know we're better than they are. And that may be the case. You may be a faster runner. You may be. You may be able to preach better. You may be able to do the job better. You may be able to decision make better. You may be able to uh, resolve conflict better. You may be able to do those things and that's totally fine. But God's timing is this. In his time, he'll open the door and when he opens the door, no man can close it. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. We can get caught up in what we're not waiting on ability and this is what I know for sh without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. That man looks at the ability. God looks at the heart. It's so interesting to me because really this goes against the concept of culture. Culture says, you get it, run for it. Go for it, go, 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 go. But, but God says, here's what I want. Yes, you have ability. Yes, you have skills. But who's investing in you? Because here's what God says. God says, I care more about your heart than I do your hands. And let me explain what that means. This is what that means. God knows he's gonna open the door for you to use your skills. But if your heart can't carry it, you'll fall. I've seen it. Oh my goodness, I've seen it so much. People get so excited about what they're doing and they have so much skill and they have so much talent and they have so much ability, but their character and their integrity cannot keep up with it. And so here's what happens. They end up falling and being ashamed and being devastated. Why? Because they were so quick to move when God was wanting to work on their hearts. Your heart, hear me, the, the character and the integrity of your heart is much more important than what you do with your life. The character and the integrity of your heart is much more important 
than your ability. As a generation, what we have done as a culture, as a society, we have worked on skill. Work your skill, work your skill, work your skill, work your skill. Get better at your skill, get better at your skill. That's great, get better at your skill. But you should be working on your integrity more than your skill. Your integrity and your character should be more valuable to you than your skill. Why? Because God, this is what I believe, God opens the door for people's hearts that are right, not for people's hands that are right. God equips the ones that have the right heart. And so here's what it is. You got people all over there like, oh man, yeah, I, could, I know. I, I, we talk about the government. Oh man, like they're not doing things right. And oh my God, uh, and we get all caught. Oh, I could lead this country better and I could do all this. Oh. And here's what happens. We got people, I'm just going to get real with you. We got people that are getting upset with the government when, and these people in their rooms, in their homes are not paying their taxes the way they should. We're cheating the government, but yet we think that we should be running the government. At least we do on, yeah. We got people saying, oh, I got a word. Oh, Pastor Jordan, I'm telling you, God's called me to be a ministry. I'm going to be a pastor to the nations, but they can't keep their pants on. Can we be real for a second? Is this all right? Because our culture and our society is so caught up. I'm going to be serious with you. It's so caught up in ability that we forgot character is more important. Integrity is more important. Integrity is what you stand on for a lifetime. It is the foundation in how we build our lives, not our skills. What we do is we get skills and we hope our integrity and our character can keep up. No, build your character and your integrity and then allow your skill to catch up with that. Oh, I'm just, I'm just wound up about this. I'm sorry. Older generation, we have to be a people that are investing, that is sharing, that's teaching, that's spending time, that's uh, continue to equip them. But younger generation, we have to be a people that are patient and saying, you know what? It's not about what I want in my time. No, God, I know in your time you're going to open the doors for me. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be patient and not just patient. I'm going to be honoring. So the younger generation doesn't like to honor very much. I live my life based on honor. The Bible says, honor those who are, who, 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 honor, give honor to where honor is due. I'm always, always trying to honor people. I honor people everywhere I go. Why? Because I know honor is a key to the kingdom. And then the generation coming up, younger generation, you've, we've kind of lost that. And so now it's more about honoring myself and myself and what I have. No, forget what you know. Just continue to honor who God has brought before you and honor what they've done and continue to allow God to use you to wait and do what God's calling you to do now. And then watch God begin to open the doors in your life because honor is a key to the kingdom. Is this all right? I know I'm real serious today, but I'm so... I'm, I'm, I'm so passionate about this because again God wants us to leave legacy but legacy will never happen without this here's what will happen we'll move on to a different city to a different job a different school we'll pass away one day and then things just fade away but with this this right here. We move jobs or cities or we pass away. The legacy continues. Because now it's not just about me. Now it's what God has invested in me 
And now I've invested that in someone else and God's continuing to allow them to carry it to what God's called them to do. Because in the end, it's not just about what we're called to do, it's about helping those around us continue to reach and be developed to be doing the things God has called them to do. You wanna leave a legacy in your city, in your home, in this world. It starts with this. Can I challenge you? Let's be people that are always passing the baton. One, two, five, 10, 20, 50, 1,000, doesn't matter how many we do it, we're gonna invest because we know the value of leaving a leg- legacy that truly lasts. Amen. Can we pray today, Father?